Hello, this is Ian McCone. This is the Education and Practice podcast for February 2016. I've discussed before how each issue of Education and Practice ranges from the sublime to the ridiculous. Now, that's a misuse of the saying, certainly at the ridiculous end of the spectrum. We don't publish ridiculous papers, of course. But the phrase captures well for me the range of reading experience you'll get in, in particular in this issue. Take, for example, this paper by Lydia Forrester-Zang and Nick Bishop on understanding basic bone mechanics. When the authors approached me to write this, I wondered if it would be of relevance to readers, and was persuaded by them that it was. I'm pleased they did so. I've sat in many safeguarding meetings explaining why I'm concerned that a child's bone is fractured, and this gives me a much more sound backing. The authors put it as to why some bones break and others don't, given the same trauma and force. There's a great summary or so of an extremely complex area in these five short pages, and the box, what the general paediatrician should understand with regard to safeguarding, is a really good start as to why this paper is worth both your time and reflection. For those of you who love your calcium and vitamin D, which to be fair should be all of us, Claire Wood and Tim Cheatham have got a great summary of the nice guidance of vitamin D supplementation in this issue. Felicity Katz, Elizabeth Leith and Eleni Paliocosta have written a really helpful 15-minute consultation on children not going to school. As an acute general paediatrician, I would have to confess that this is something I often neglect to take notice of. In this paper, tables 1 and figure 2 really help me untangle my thinking and emphasise that if I were mindful of it, I might be able to direct children more appropriately to the help they need. Hopefully by the time you hear this podcast, bronchiolitis season should be nearly over, but it's never too soon to begin looking at how you're going to handle the onslaught next year. Emma Caffrey Oswald and Jane Clark cover the nice guidance, and Neil Caldwell and Kerry Townsend took a look at the RSV prophylaxis in two different papers in this issue. When I'm talking with potential authors, a question I often ask them is, what would you like to stop people from doing? I'm sure you can imagine how vehement some of the replies are, and some of them get to the point where I can't actually repeat them. I dare say you have a few thoughts yourself, in which case, please do get in touch. It's one of the ideas that we've built the interpretation section around. I had this conversation with Frances Bulock, and she was quite clear it was the over-investigation of faints which wind her up. Now, of course, she's a tertiary cardiologist, which means she doesn't see the demographic of patients that I see, but her paper with Michael Harris in this edition is a 15-minute consultation is really helpful. We can see there what worries a cardiologist, and then we can apply that to our practice. Box 4, the red flag symptoms, is really helpful, as is the whole paper, and that's why I made it my editor's choice this month. Lastly, in addition to all the other great papers in this month's edition, take a look at the image on the cover and in figure 2 of Hutchison Arthurs and Seberi's research and practice paper on post-mortem research. I have to say, one of the great joys I have in life is being astounded by things, and in particular by technology. And this image is a micro-CT of a 5.1 gram fetal heart. The rest of the article will astound you also. If you want to write something, please get in touch, and also have a look at the blog. Do enjoy the journal this month.